Hey, this is Sean Mandoli, and I'm the pastor of Sanctuary LA, and you're listening to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this message encourages and inspires you. Remember to follow us on social media at My Sanctuary LA and enjoy the message. All right, are you glad I'm here to preach? 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. Here we go. Talking about I am all that. Okay, and I want to talk to us um, as far as our, uh, this community and us as a local body and, and talk about some, some of the main things that we are all about, that we as a community, we take these things very serious. There's many things we take serious that's in the Word of God, but I just felt in my heart, impressed upon my heart to really emphasize a couple things. So the question we're going to answer today is what is this community all about? Okay. What is this community all about? And I'm going to give you the first point before I go to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. And it is grace. Okay, what is this community all about? It, we are all about grace. Somebody say amen. amen. We are saved by grace through faith. Um, you know, the grace of God. The, the Bible talks about this era of life we are in. It's called the dispensation of grace. I think we ought to have grace uh, for one another. Somebody say amen. Is anybody out there thankful for the grace of God? I'm so thankful that in his holiness, I didn't get judged for it. Jesus did in my place. Somebody say grace. I'm so thankful that considering how I grew up and the disparity and the darkness of my childhood, that I actually am up here preaching the gospel to you. If you knew a little bit about my history, you would say, God is gracious. All right, that ought to be the, the sound that comes from our lives, that God is gracious. It's actually what my name means, Sean or John, or if you're Hispanic, it's Juan. You can call me Pastor Juanito, but it all means the same thing. I named my daughter Giovanna. It all means this, God is gracious. That's what, that, that, is, that is it, you know. Uh, and um, God's grace is everything. Everything comes and starts. It's not even my faith first. I am saved by grace through faith. It starts with him. Um, it's not my faith in him. It's his grace toward me. And then my faith is a response to grace. Somebody say amen. In the, in the Reformation, the Protestant Reformation, um, there are five solas of the Reformation. Sola Scriptura, Sola Fide, and one of them is Sola, I believe in Latin, Grati, right? I think I said that right. Come on, Hispanics, help me out. Latin and Spanish are kind of the same. But um, one of the emphasis that, that literally shifted society was that God is full of grace. This isn't works. This isn't um, I have to beat myself up for every wrong thing I do. No, God will empower me to come out of darkness. That's his grace. It is not, it is not my fasting. It is not my commitment. It is not, it is not my Bible reading. It is grace. Grace. I'm not saying not to do all those things, but it is grace that got me here. I wouldn't be up here if it wasn't for grace. I wouldn't be alive if it wasn't for grace. I'd be on medication if it wasn't for grace. Somebody say amen. amen. Nothing wrong with those things, but I'm telling you right now, it is the grace of God. If God has been so gracious to us, we who have received mercy, how much more should we show mercy to others? How many of you agree that it's difficult for certain people to get mercy from you? Yes, yes, come on, can I get a witness? Yeah. 
Like some folks are difficult, right? Not me, just other people, right? Come on, somebody say amen. amen. And it's those we need to show grace. <laughs> grace towards. Okay, here we go. Second, somebody say grace. grace. Look at your neighbor and say, we're all about grace. Okay. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9. And he, so, so the apostle Paul had a thorn in his flesh, and he asked God, um, in King James it says thrice, but three times. He said, God, remove this. I'm, I'm obeying you. I'm following you. Why is this still here? Has anybody ever obeyed God? You're going after God. You're walking with God, and there's still something that gets on your nerves. Yes. Don't look at the person that's getting on your nerves. Just look up here. But anybody know what I'm talking about? There are times, I'm just here to tell you, in our walk with God, in our obeying God, in our wanting to do all that God has called us to do and, and be sincere before him and say, God, I want you more than anything. I want to be obedient. I want to be, a, I want to be the, God, the kind of husband you want me to be. I want to be the kind of father you want me to be. I want to be the kind of person that's working out there in the marketplace, the kind that you want me to be. But even in all that, there are times when we're like, God, but can you remove this one thing? Anybody got at least one thing? You're like, man, if God would just take care of this one, I'd be much better. Come on, come on. Somebody say amen. amen. Come on, we're a real church for real people. It says it out there. So come on, be real with me now. Right? And that's what he said. He says, and he said to me, this is what God said to him. In that situation, my grace is sufficient for you. It's like, oh, thanks, Lord. So does, it, does that mean you're not going to get rid of it right now? Is that what you're saying? As my wife talked about the timing of God, God's time's not always our timing. And sometimes in retrospect, we'll look back and we'll be like, thank you, Lord, for that timing. But he, he said to me, many times the grace of God is him saying something to you. He didn't deal with it how Paul wanted it dealt with, but he did speak to him. And the grace of God at times in our life is God's faithfulness to us, to give us a word, to be faithful, to speak to us, to lead us and to guide us. But that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to do everything just the way we feel like he should. Somebody say grace. So he didn't do it maybe how Apostle Paul wanted it, but he did still speak to him. And somebody say this with me, say, speak to me, Lord. Okay, and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Somebody repeat with me, say grace. Somebody say this, say his grace is enough. His grace is sufficient. All I need is grace. Here it is, I'm gonna give you the definition of the word grace. And this is both Greek and Hebrew. And we learned about this at um, our Connect group on Thursday nights here. Jen did such a brilliant job of breaking down grace in the book of Ephesians. But grace, both Greek and Hebrew, refer to God. Here it is. Freely extending himself to give himself away to us. Somebody say grace. Grace is literally God giving himself to us. Not just on the cross, yes, primarily, foundationally, that is the basis, but he gives himself to you every day. Somebody say grace. He's leaning in your direction. Somebody say lean this way a little bit more, God. Lean in my direction. Lean up into my mass. Lean up into my struggle. Lean grace. It means himself, it's a word, um, charis in the Greek. 
That's what it means. It means to give himself away to us, his favor, his grace, reaching. It's, it has this connotation of God reaching for us, God inclining to his people because he is disposed to bless them and to be near to them. Grace. Somebody say grace. We as a community, I am all that. We are all that. All that God says simply because of grace, primarily because of grace. It is because of grace. And we as a community, we are all about grace. I said, we're all about grace. Grace just doesn't forgive. Grace empowers to come up out of sin. Grace just doesn't, grace doesn't excuse our sin. Grace washes us of our sin, but empowers us to come out of our sin. Grace is the children of Israel being led out of slavery and bondage. Grace leads us out. Grace takes us somewhere. Grace is empowering. Another definition for the word grace is divine influence in the heart. I mean, he doesn't change me. There's some things I don't do no more. Somebody say amen. I'm still working on some things, but I'm going to tell you right now, there's things I don't do, and it's not because I'm a good person. It's because of the grace of God. Divine influence on the heart and its reflection in the life. Grace changes. Somebody say amen. amen. Not that grace changes, but grace changes us. Grace is a change agent. Grace empowers. Grace develops. Grace gives access to a holy God, access to our soul and heart. Grace transforms. Somebody say amen. Grace is an empowering change agent. Grace will reach us where you are, reach us where we are, but grace won't keep us where we are. Grace will, we, we're in the mire of our sin, drowning in our sin. And, and whether it's sin you've done or sin you were born with, it's all messed up. We were all jacked up one way or another. Some of us, some of y'all might've been addicted to crack. Other people, you were addicted to gossip. It's sin is sin. Somebody say amen. Some of you addicted to yourself. And sometimes we'll look down on people addicted to drugs because it's overt and you see it out there. You got the same person acting like they're all that, and they're, they're addicted to talking smack about people behind their back. Somebody say grace. Yes. <laughs> right? It's all sin. All right? Yeah, I got a little man out there saying grace. That's what I'm talking about. Out of the mouths of babes and nursing infants, he has ordained praise. Right? And here it is. My grace is sufficient. We are a church that is all about grace. Why? Because every last one of us need it. <laughs> I mean, every day. I mean, Lord, I mean, the more you grow in the Lord, my prayers get real simple. Lord, I can't talk without you. But Pastor Sean, you've been saved for a while. You've been, yeah, but I, I, don't, I don't know how to do anything. Just, uh, you know, you're a pastor. I don't know what I'm doing. I need grace to do. I don't know what, I don't know what I'm doing. Need grace. I need grace. We all need grace. I think sometimes we beat ourselves up and you just need to go, grace! Right there in your cubicle at work. Grace! Excuse me, part, sorry. Too much coffee this morning, I apologize. Cold brew, nitrous, nitro, whatever that stuff is. Anybody like nitro? Yeah, triple, quadruple shot. Yeah. <laughs> Did somebody just say pumpkin spice? Was that a grown man that said pumpkin spice? Was that a grown man with a beard and tattoos that just said pumpkin spice? <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I just like my, my, my coffee black, just black. I like my wife black too, but hey, hello. 
Mm, Jesus, hallelujah. She called me her white. What did you call me? White. White, hot. Yeah, that's right. Hot, hot. Not, not cold, but hot. You know what I'm saying? White, hot, chocolate, mocha. Somebody say amen. amen. All right. So my, somebody say grace. Sometimes you just got, you know, the Bible says, and I believe it's Isaiah, it says, the, the, the prophet said, speak grace to the mountain. Mountain, grace to the mountain. End your life. The insurmountable things. The, the, the odds are against you. Grace. Somebody say amen. All right, here it is. It says, my, my strength is made perfect. Made perfect. I'm going to break this down, and we'll get on with this. Hopefully, I can get through this sermon. If not, we'll continue next week. But made perfect means this. If you're taking notes, this is what made perfect is. I want to walk with you through this, okay? It says working. This is what it means. My grace is sufficient. My strength is made perfect in your weakness, meaning God wants to work with you. His grace is there to work with you through the process because there are gaps between where Sean is and who God is. But I am all that. I am all that he said. But it's going to take some time in certain areas of my life to get there. Can I get a witness? And this is what made perfect means. I want to read this to you. This is what we're talking about, that God's grace is there to walk with you, to get you closer to him so that Christ, grace, can be formed in you. So your literal personality is shifted and transformed into the likeness of God. Come on, somebody. So working through the entire process, made perfect. This is what it means. It means to working through the entire process and in every stage to the final conclusion. Stretching you, this is what it means. Stretching you at every stage in order to make you and bring you to the maximum capacity of your fulfillment. This is what God is saying in this, in this phrase, made perfect. It means, this is what God is saying to us, my plan will stretch you beyond your ability and my grace will make up for the difference. My plan, God's purpose is not made for you outside of his grace because it's bigger than you. So God says that my plan will stretch you beyond your ability. And you'll say, oh, Lord, come back here. Don't leave me outside of this boat walking on water. Somebody say grace. Grace got him to walk on the water, but grace pulled him out of the water. So grace was an empowering thing, but it was also a, a lifting up, a helping. He doesn't only help us, he empowers us. He empowered a knuckle-headed potty mouth to walk on water. Somebody say grace. Peter had issues and the grace of God empowered that man to walk on water and he was going to jack up real bad down the road, but grace still got him and grace was there to pull him out. Amen. Somebody say grace. grace. I think sometimes in our walk with God, we can kind of, um, we can get a little religious sometimes. And when we mess up, we beat ourselves up. It's religion and our mindset towards us. Say, no, let grace pick you up. Let grace help you. Be honest. Like, he wasn't like, Peter wasn't drowning in the water. Like, oh, I'm good. Praise the Lord. I'm good. He's like, oh, you know. He reached out like he, he was honest with his condition. <laughs> Amen? Amen? And sometimes I think we act like we're okay. No, you're drowning. No, no, it ain't looking so good right now. <laughs> Come on now. 
Oh, I'm good. Do you need help? No, I don't. I'm fine. You know the people. You know the ones. Oh, yeah, I don't, I don't you know, I, don't, I, I feel uncomfortable asking for help. I, 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 I need to do it all myself. No, grace. Somebody say grace. That's right. That's right, little man. My plan will stretch you beyond your ability, and my grace will make you up for the difference. Here it is. When we are in weakness, grace is at work. This is the thing. God wants you in an environment you're weak in when it comes to the purpose and plan of God because that tells you he's stretching you out of your ability. He will, I don't, it doesn't matter how educated you are, how many doctorates you have. That is beautiful and great, but I'm telling you what, God's going to stretch you beyond your education. And you're going to go, oh, Lord, I want to be over here where it's more comfortable. Amen? Anybody got that comfortable place at your house where you sit on your couch? Anybody got that comfortable hoodie at home? Comfortable pajamas. Sweat. Anybody tempted to wear your pajamas to church because they're just so comfortable? Yes. <laughs> I wore my sweatpants out, and my daughter's like, Dada, why are you wearing your pajamas? I'm like, girl, these aren't pajamas. They're sweatpants. She's like, anytime I wear my sweatpants, she's like, you need to stay inside. I'm like, girl, leave me alone. These are cool. She's like, no, they are not cool. Those are pajamas, Dada. No, jam, I call them jam jams at home, all right? But she says, Daddy, you're wearing your jam jams. You're not supposed to go outside in your jam jams. And then, and then I'll put them on. And she's like, are you wearing those again? <laughs> My six-year-old daughter. Somebody say grace. <laughs> all right, she's trying to help me out. When we are entirely in control and have it all figured out, grace is not necessary. When we are entirely in control and have it all figured out, grace isn't necessary. But when we step out and believe God, grace is absolutely necessary. God will meet you in your faith. Come on, I want to be at a place where grace is necessary. Personally, my soul, my emotions, my mind don't, but I know that that's where God is. I personally, at times, I'm not trying to get out of the boat. I'm trying to stay in the boat. Nobody wants to get wet. I want to stay in the boat. Because Jesus is in the boat, and then Jesus gets, so Jesus will be with you in that place, but next thing you know, you're like, Jesus is gone now. I want to get where Jesus is. Peter said, they, the disciples said, look, Jesus, is that you? Because I just want to be where you are. It's going to be uncomfortable for me. I'm going to mess up along the way, but I want to be where you are. That's where grace is. Somebody say, we're all about grace. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm all that. Grace. Here's the next one. Here's the next one we're all about. Okay, I had another verse about grace, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move on here. Somebody say the power of God. We are all about the power of God. Actually, I'm going to read this. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 7 to 8. It says, of which I became a minister according to the gift of grace. Somebody say grace. grace. Gift of grace of God given to us by the effective working of his power. To me, who am less than least of all the saints, this grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. So that is grace is connected to the power of God. We as a community, we believe according to the word of God that the power of God is present in our lives and in our gatherings and we are open to allow him to do what he wants. That's why we, there was no plan to, play, to pray for healing today, but we wanted to open that up. It's something God spoke to my heart when I was there. My wife mentioned it. I'm just saying, we believe in the power of God. When we were at Connect Group, before Jen began teaching from Ephesians, she said, is anybody in pain? And we prayed 
for people that were because we believe in the power of God. The, the, the early church, the church, Jesus operated in the power of God. Apostle Paul said, you know, I did not preach with persuasive words of men's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Holy Spirit and power. A church without power, you know, is, 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 is an anemic church because it is how God operates. Somebody say amen. And in the book of Acts, when the day of Pentecost, 50 days after the resurrection, the Holy Spirit came. The Bible says, as of a rushing mighty wind that filled the whole house, they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance, began to speak in other languages even. Those tongues that were in other languages. And they, the, the people there thought, man, these people are drunk. And they had to explain that, no, this is the power of God. And I think I shared this recently. If we never have to explain what God is doing, chances are we aren't operating in the power of God. I'm not advocating anything goofy or anything that is weird, but the power of God doesn't line up with, with our intellectual pragmatic process all the time. We don't have the capacity or ability as humans to place God in a box. Somebody say the power of God. We are a church that believes in the power. We are a church that believes we need the power of God. I, I personally accepted Christ as a teenager, did not grow up in a Christian home. I was doing drugs and drinking alcohol when I was in grade school, in first grade to be exact. I needed the power of God. Religion could not help me in my demons. And I say that with all seriousness. That's not everybody's story, but the power of God, um, you know, is, 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 is the book of Acts is our basis. And every chapter, there was proper teaching, there was community, they were gathering, and I'm here to tell you, there was the power of God. All right, the power of God is fundamental. Here it is. I'm just going to give you some of my notes. It's fundamental. It's essential. It's foundational. And I'm here to tell you right now, it is normal to operate and experience the power of God as a Christ follower. It ought to be normal. I'm not saying sensationalism, that we're chasing. No, we are God seekers. But if you get in God, you will experience power one way or another. He will flip your wig sooner or later. Somebody say amen. amen. Look at your neighbor and say, God's about to flip your wig. Here it is. I mean, this is all throughout Jesus' ministry. It's all, I mean, it's something that we want to contend for as a local community, that we want to, it, it, we are God seekers. We are going after God. We are pursuing God. Uh, one of our core values is passion for God. We desire the presence of God is experienced by all. We desire the power of God to move. We aren't seeking power. We are seeking God, and in God is power. He is the almighty God. He is God. This is not a theological discourse. 
This is the gathering of the saints, the ecclesia in the Greek. It's the gathering of the called. We are God worshipers. God, we praise, worship, and seek God. And when we do that, he's going to do some thanks. Somebody say amen. amen. Power that heals, delivers from demons, power that destroys yokes, power to break through spiritual darkness, power to release spiritual gifts, power to prophesy, power to walk in joy, power to manifest the will of God, power to manifest the life of God, power to live right, power to live holy, power to live pure. Come on, somebody. Here we go. Here's another one. Here's power. Acts chapter 26, verse 15. So I said, this is after he got knocked off of his horse. Somebody say power of God. God came and visited him. He was about to go kill Christians. He was consenting to the death of Christians. And Jesus visited him on his road to Damascus. On the road to Damascus, kicked him off his horse and began to speak to him. Somebody say power of God. Then God struck him blind, I believe, for three days. Somebody say power of God. This is post-ascension. This is after the resurrection. This is the same era we're in. Power of God. So I said, this is his response. Who are you, Lord? It's funny, who are you? But he called him Lord. Who are you, Lord? Um, and he said, I am Jesus, whom you're persecuting, but rise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister. I've appeared to you for this purpose. This is another thing, you know, that the power of God and, and encounters with God and experience Him in a profound and supernatural way. God will always come with a plan. It's never for the experience in and of itself. The experience isn't the end. It's a means to an end. The end is always purpose. The end is always a calling. The end is always a something to do. That my purpose is to serve God by serving others. I am purpose and gifting as never for me. If it is in me, the gift and the purpose it is for others amen that, that we encounter God for the purpose of changing something out here it is never just some isolated incident and just that every person in scripture that encountered God that heaven came down then assignment came with the encounter all right so here we go make you a minister there it is I have appeared to you for a purpose to make you a minister and a witness, both of the things which you've seen, the things which you will yet reveal, yet I will reveal to you. Here it is, I will deliver you from the Jew, Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles. So here it is, his calling was, hey, I'm gonna call you to some people that wanna kill you. Anybody wanna be called? Yes, Lord, choose me. But the calling that came to the Apostle Paul, the first, from the, from the onset of the calling, he's like, look, I'm, I'm gonna deliver you from the people I'm calling you to. It's like Jeremiah, um, go to these people. And Jeremiah's like, man, their faces, they look at me funny. He's like, don't look at their faces. And so the call, somebody say grace. The power of God that he called them. He called them to a hostile environment to whom I now send you to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light. Here it is, from the power of Satan to God. So Satan and demons have a power. They are subject to God and the power of God. But here, there are people that are under the power of the wicked one. 
But we as a church, you as a believer, you have the almighty God in you and you have a voice and you have an anointing to bring people from the power of Satan to the power of God. So he said, from the power of Satan, the hold of Satan, the lies of the devil, taking them out of the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in his name. God is sending us into a hostile culture. We need the power of God. God is saying, we are, we are sheep among wolves. Ha ha. I'd much rather be a sheep in God. The Bible says that you must be wise as a serpent, harmless as a dove. We are called to be in the world, but not of it. God is sending us into a hostile culture like he did the apostle Paul. And he's giving us power to open their eyes. Somebody say grace, grace. and say the power of God. Okay, here's the next one. Somebody say the Bible. All right, come on now, say the B-I-B-L-E. That's the book for me. Say it again, say the B-I-B-L-E. That's the book for me. What's the next verse? The B-I-B-L-E. There we go. Musical bunch over here. As you can tell, none of us are on the worship team. Somebody say the Bible. I was going to name this one also teaching. We need to know what the Bible says. And we as a committee, we believe this is the word of God. God breathed, infallible, inerrant. This right here, this book. Talking to one of the young people out here before church, and he's starting to read the Bible. It almost makes me cry hearing young people want to read the Bible. And he was wondering, what, where do I start? What book do I start reading? And I'm so thankful that we're a community that really believes this is the word of God. The Bible says we were born again by incorruptible seed, the word of God, which lives and abides forever. The Bible says that Jesus is the word of God, that there's so much uncertainty in this culture and world. But I'm telling you, right, this won't change. This is not changing, and we are not trying to change it. We're going to do the changing. There's a, young people, if there's one thing sure in this world, it is not even me as a minister. It's this word. It's this right here. You can stand on this. It is a foundation. It is the rock that you can trust, the written word of God. Every experience, anything we ever attempt to do as a community or as a Christian individual, is it in the word? I am all that. What are we? We are all that this says. This is the word of God. Apostle Paul told a young minister in the book of Timothy, man, every scripture. And the Bible says that Timothy knew the scripture from as a child because his mama and his grandmama were saved. Amen. Anybody got some saved mamas and grandmamas? Some of you are in church simply because of their prayers. Because I know some of y'all, you're knuckleheads and look at you in church. Somebody say amen. <laughs> Come on now. All right? It's a beautiful thing. But the word of God. He's like, what book do I read? And I said, read the book of John. Start there. It's the story of Jesus. Just read that. Now. Get in there. And I told him, pray before you read this thing. I said, this is holy. This is, a, this is spiritual. This is no joke. This, is, this ain't just some, some historical context. It is God breathed. 
You could trust God's word. In, in, in a shaky world, a shaky culture, this is sure. Right here. You know, in some nations, it's illegal to even have this. It's illegal to sneak it in. Joshua's parents have been missionaries in Korea, China, for 30 years. It's illegal that people have died for this. They've died because they believe in this. So word of God, we believe the Bible. We're not trying to see if, no, I don't understand everything in it, but this is the word of God, church. This is the written word, the logos in the Greek. It is sure. Second Corinthians, I'm sorry. Um, Matthew twenty two twenty nine. Here we go. I'm almost done. I said that like 15 minutes ago, but I'm, I'm for real this time. See, you can't trust the preacher, but you can trust this word. Matthew chapter 22, verse 29, Jesus answered and said to them, you are mistaken. Here it is, not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God. Somebody say, I want both. Say, I'm all that. I'm all about the word. Say this, say, I'm all about the word and I'm all about his power. I'm gonna know this word, but I'm gonna know power. We want both. If, if, if all you got is the word, the written word, you, 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 and you have no power, no Holy Spirit, you're going to dry up. If all you got is power and spirit, ain't got no foundation, you're going to get goofy. You're going to blow up. But if you got the word and you got power, you're going to grow up. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to grow up. I'm going to grow up. Come on, tell, tell three people. Say, I'm going to grow up. I want the word and the power. I want the anointing and I want the structure. Amen? Jesus answered and said to them, you are mistaken not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God. We must, we must know what is written and experience Holy Spirit demonstration. We must. It is the Christian life. Christian life is not mental ascent. It is not intellectual head knowledge. It is not the ability to memorize scripture entirely. It is being led by the Spirit in, in, within the structure of the written word. Yeah. The word of God is inerrant. It is holy. It is the word of God. And we believe it. We believe it all as divine truth. This right here. I will stand by it. This is the word of God. I believe, I believe the contents. I believe the maps. Come on, Genesis to Revelation. I believe Jesus is coming again. I believe the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, my Lord. I believe every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. I believe that it is the word of God that, that is the answer to racism and, 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 and ethnically divided um, um, Christianity, uh, that, that, that the, the Bible, the book of Acts, that the, the, uh, the, the day of Pentecost, there were multiple nations at the birthplace of the local church, and, 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 and we don't need politicians to help us with racism. I, I'm not, I have nothing against the political environment as far as the, the politicians as far as the position but the church is responsible for creating unity in communities it's the church's responsibility we're talking about this check this out we're talking about this in connect group man they got the word of God out of the school well check this out how about we get the word of God inside our children and that word will get in the school 
How about we get the word of God in the teachers? And you, you can take the, the written word out. You, you know what I'm saying? But you can't get the word out of somebody's heart. We have teachers and faculty members at Mendez. The word of God is in Mendez. We have a connect group in the gym every week in Mendez. The word of God is in a public school. Hallelujah. I just want y'all to know this is what your pastor believes. And we don't play when it comes to that word. Come on now. Yeah. Somebody say grace. Somebody say the power of God. Somebody say the B-I-B-L-E. Here it is. 2 Timothy 3, verse 16 to 17. Are you guys okay? One of the... Um, young professionals in our community uh, visited our church some time ago and in the after service I said hey how'd you like it you know and he's like yeah it's a little long <laughs> and then we made him wait forever before he went and got some Mexican food up the street and the food took forever I'm like this guy's never coming back but he actually finished growth track today so he's joining the team so He's probably like, this is another long service, by the way. <laughs> One more scripture. Are you guys all right with this? Yes. All right. I mean, we only get to see each other once a week for the most part. So I just want to take it all in. All right. Second Timothy three, verse 16 to 17. This is what the apostle Paul told a young minister. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. I mean, that's a whole month right there. Every one of those words. That, that, is, that is meaty. There's a lot in there. Somebody say the word of God, word of God. is God-breathed, God given by inspiration, given by inspiration. From, God, from God, and is profitable, profitable. for my spiritual development. Profitable it comes from the, um, actually half of that word is the same word that used in scripture for prayer, and it means movement towards a goal. The word of God will move you forward in your divine purpose. Profitable. The word of God is what moves you. It is living and active, quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing asunder soul and spirit, joints and marrow, judging the thoughts and tents of the heart. Somebody say the word. word. Here we go. Here's my last point. What, or I should say, who are we all about is the last one. Somebody say Jesus. Jesus. He is our example. He is our savior. He is everything. He is the head of the church. He is the anointed one. There is no other Messiah. Thank you, Jesus. There is no other Lord. There is no other victory. There is no other quote unquote winner. He won it all on that cross, rose again the third day. Our God is alive. His name is Jesus. There is salvation given among men by which men must be saved. There is no other name under heaven by which men must be saved. There is no other name under heaven by which men must be saved. He forgives, he heals, he delivers, he saves. His name is Jesus. Acts chapter 8, verse 35. Then Philip opened his mouth beginning at this scripture. 
preached Jesus to him. What is your message? Jesus. Who is your message? Jesus. What do you preach? Jesus. What is the hope of Jesus? How are we going to transform our city? Jesus. How, is the, how are we going to um, level up people that are marginalized in society? Jesus. How are we going to transform our environment and our neighborhood? Jesus. How are we going to show the world that multiple ethnicities and backgrounds can be in one room worshiping the same God and actually enjoy each other's company? Jesus. How can we get the suburb and the hood in the same building? Jesus. Colossians chapter 1 verse 28. Him we preach. Him. Who's your message? It's not a what, it's a who. What's your message? Him, capital H. Him we preach, warning every man, teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ. If, we can't, if we're not preaching to him, we're not presenting them to the right person. I said, if we're not preaching to him, we're not presenting him to the right person. Last scripture, I promise. Actually, I might have one more after this. Colossians chapter 1, verse 18. And he, and he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things, that in all things, that in all things, that in all things, he may have the preeminence, that in all things, Jesus, not the power of God, him. Not, not right and wrong, him. Not, you know, we, we love and we celebrate culture and diversity, but we don't worship it. We worship him. And if we worship him, they will come. Somebody say preeminence. Here, I'm going to give you the definition of this. He that in all things, he may have the preeminence. I want to be a Christ man. Can't keep a Christ man down. Folks might try to bury you, but three days later, you're going to pop up smiling. <laughs> Folks may try to throw, might, might, might try to bury you, throw dirt on you, but you're just going to shake it off, come up out the grave. Well, praise the Lord. Good to see you again. <laughs> I want to be a Christ man. I don't want to just be a good man. I don't want to just be a, a quote unquote religious. I want to be a Christ man. I want Christ. I want, I want to be like him. I, I want to be a, I want to be a Jesus follow. I want to, I want to follow him. I want to be him. I believe that I can speak and it can be Christ speaking through me. I, you know, I want you to be a Christ woman, a Jesus woman, a walking, talking Jesus. I'm not saying we're taking his place. No, I'm saying that we can be transformed into his image. We can actually be the, he is the light of the world, but in him, we are the light of the world. He is the head. We are the body. I want, I just won't be his, his little toe. I want to be the pinky finger. I, I won't be, a, I don't care. I'll just, I'll be whatever. I'll be, I'll be something. No, I'll just be uh, the liver or something. I don't know. I'll be whatever in his, I'll be in, I don't care. I'm not, I'm not married to the placement. I'm married to the head. Do what you will, Lord. I just want to be in you and you and me. I want to be Christ to my children. I want to be a Jesus type of husband. Jesus type of dad. I want to be a Jesus type of pastor. Jesus. Somebody say preeminent. Preeminent one. That in him all things he, 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 
not the program, not the sleek production, not the nice chairs and cool carpet and nice air conditioning. Thank the Lord for that. I said, you better thank the Lord for that. (laughs) But that he, not my gift, not even your purpose. I'm actually, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to encourage you all today. None of y'all have a purpose. That we've been called according to his purpose. It's actually his. He's just letting you live it out. I know it got quiet there. But he works all things together for good to them that love him, that them are, that are called, Romans chapter 8, according to. It's not even about my purpose, my gifting. What I, uh, praise God, that has its place. But when you want, you want to talk about preeminence, him. Is he pleased? Is that what he wants? Come on now. Come on now. Here it is. This is what preeminence means, and then we're going to pray. It means first, first place in rank and influence. Him. Chief. Most important. That's what preeminence means. That in all things, he the person of Jesus would have first rank and influence. Primero, numero uno, number one. That's what it literally means, number one. Preeminent. Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Thank you for listening to the message. If you've been encouraged and inspired, give us a great review and share it with a friend today. Also, if you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our powerful weekend gatherings. For more info and directions, follow us at My Sanctuary LA. Be blessed.